What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So, amen. Ooh. He was so very happy. He was so very happy after the first banquet that that night he went home and he just bragged again to his wife and his friends about all his riches and his children and his promotion to be over all the princes. And he bragged how only he and the king went into Queen Esther's banquet. But Haman said, it was all ruined. It was all ruined because he saw Mordecai the Jew and he was still alive. And this really made him feel terrible. So his wife's and his friends, they advised him, listen, I know what'll make you feel better. Build a gallows. Build a gallows for Mordecai. Make it the height of a 10-story building and construct it right away. So the next morning, they go to sleep. The next morning, he builds the gallows and that's how chapter five ends. Now, chapter six a little bit in reverse, it goes back to that night for the king, that night. And the chapter six tells, in that same night after the first banquet, the king can't sleep. He's got insomnia. And the record, and so he says, what can make me go to sleep? I gotta pick out the most boring thing I could possibly listen to. I know, a history book. So he, he calls for the, the chronicles, the record of the chronicles, the record of events to be read to him. And from the reading, the king is there reading this to him, and he hears that Mordecai saved the king's life by telling on those two servants who were planning on killing the king. And the king doesn't pause. Wait a minute, what has been done as a reward for Mordecai? What's been done to honor Mordecai for saving the king's life? And they look and they say, nothing. Nothing? Nothing's been done for Mordecai? Now, who gave the don't blow it. Who gave the king insomnia that night? God did. Hooray for God. And, and who made the king decide to read the, from the record of events? God did. Hooray for God. And who made the king ask for what reward for, was given to Mordecai 
God did. Hooray for God. Oh, yeah. And who caused the, the reader to read all that about Mordecai in any way? God did. Hooray for God. So the king's sitting there, and he's thinking to himself, I wonder what would be a good honor for Mordecai. I don't know. And just at that moment, Haman appears. Ooh. So without telling Haman, ooh, that the king wanted to reward Mordecai, he just asked Haman, ooh, what he thought would be the best way to honor a person that the king really delights in. And Haman thought, I'm the man. Hey, I'm the person the king wants to honor. Oh, boy, here we go. I'm going to make it really good. So he's expecting this to be the greatest day in his life. So Haman ooh, said to the king, I got it, king. You got to listen to me. I got it. This is how you do it. First, you give him the king's robe. And then you bring out the king's horse. And you put him on the horse in the king's robe. And then you make a herald to walk in front of him and said, this is what's done to the man whom the king delights to honor. See? And Haman was expecting the king to say, perfect, you're the man, Haman. Ooh. But instead, Haman, ooh, He's shocked to hear, perfect, Mordecai's the man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I delight in Mordecai. You go dress Mordecai in my robe. You put Mordecai on my king's horse. You lead him through the city, and you're the one who will cry out in front of him, this is what's done to the man who the king delights to honor. <laughs> I mean, Haman... He hoped that he was going to be Mordecai's executioner instead he's Mordecai's servant. <laughs> and Haman, he's so sick. He covers his head. You know, you ever seen those pictures when people are arrested and they put a hoodie over them? <laughs> That's Haman. He covers his head, he runs home, and he tells his wife, he tells his friends, you know, that, that what happened and they told him, if that's what happened, you're going to fall in front of Mordecai. So during their talk, he's trying to figure it all out. The king's servants, they come to his house, and they quickly took Haman to Esther's second banquet. And that's how chapter 6 ends. And chapter 7 opens with Esther's second banquet. And the king and Haman, ooh, they're there. And then the king asked Queen Esther again, what's your request? What is your request? And to everyone's surprise, Queen Esther begins to cry and beg for her life and the life of her people. And Esther pleads with the king. She says, look, if my people were just sold to be slaves, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't be begging you, king. Oh, she could pour it on, let me tell you. And so she told the king that she and her people were all to be killed and then the king asked two questions, who and where? 
The king says, who is this person who's going to kill you, the queen, and all of your people? Where is this person who's going to do this? And Esther has her highest glory when she stands up for the Jewish people and she says, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. Boo! Who gave Esther that strength? Who gave her the strength to stand against Haman and save the Jewish people? God did. Hooray for God. So then the king, he gets up, and he's like, this is too much. It's over the top. I can't process it. So he gets up, and he walks out into the palace garden. He's trying to think about what, did I, what happened. I don't even understand. And what Esther has just said about Haman. So while he's there in the garden, he's trying to reprocess the whole thing. I thought he was good. I guess he, he's bad. Ooh, I thought he was not. No, he's wicked. Ooh. Yeah, he's, he's, I thought he was a friend. No, he's an adversary. And he's trying to sort all this. Is this really true? And so he's trying to sort all this out. And so Haman, meanwhile, he sees that his life is in danger. He falls on the bed, the couch, whatever, where Esther was on. And when the king returns, he sees Haman laying on the same couch as Esther. And he says, now he's going to force the king, the queen, right in front of me, right in front of my eyes. And the king says, will he force the queen also before me in the house? And as soon as the king says these words, then the king's servants come and they cover Haman's face. Ooh. They just cover him like what the executioners cover him. And one of the servants told, the, told Haman, says, well, king, look out there. Look out your window out there. You see those big, tall gallows out there? Haman, he just had that constructed today to kill Mordecai who saved your life. And then the king says, well, then Haman should be hanged on those gallows. And they hanged Haman. Ooh. And then the king was no longer angry. That's the end of chapter 7. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm not giving you punctuation as well. <laughs> now, chapter 8 opens with the king giving to Esther all of Haman's possessions. Ooh. And Esther told the king that Mordecai was like a father to her. He told her, she told her, says, look, Mordecai is related to me. So the king is so happy, the king brings Mordecai, and he makes Mordecai the king's friend, and he elevates Mordecai, and then Esther cries. She cries more before the king to save her people from being killed. So the king says, well, we already wrote a law, then on the 13th you're supposed to die. I don't know, this whole thing is so confusing to me. He was having some trouble. And so the king then commissions Mordecai, Mordecai, take, write the new law, do this, Mordecai. So the king then gives to Mordecai, his ring that he needs for making a new law, and he says, go ahead, write the law, seal it in the name of the king. So Mordecai writes a law, and it says that on the same day, the 13th of Adar, that Haman had chosen with Purim to be the destruction of the Jewish people, that should be the day also that the Jews should kill all the people that would kill them and take their possessions, as well as the law said. So it says, as uh, Eric pointed out in Esther 8.16, the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And not only that, 
it says in the next verse, many of the people of the land became Jews, but for the fear of the Jews was upon them. So the 13th day of Adar, Adar, the day that Haman chose from casting Purim was changed from a day of sadness to a day of great gladness. And because of the many details that God, hooray for God, had made happen even before Haman made his plot so that the Jewish people could be saved, God did it. Hooray for God. That's how chapter eight ends. Okay. The chapter eight ends with Haman, the plotter hanging. His plot was to get great wealth, and what happened? His wealth was given to another. His plot was to make the Jewish people sad, and what happened? The Jewish people were very, very glad, and especially the friends of the Jewish people were really glad as well. His plot was to make zero Jewish people, there would be no Jewish people, and instead, he caused the Jewish people to increase because many of the other people became Jews. And all this happened, all these details happened long before Haman made his plotting, and God, hooray for God, made a counterplot and worked out all the details. You know, that was just like how God sent his son. Amen. Mm, yeah. I'm going to get blowers next time to say amen when you blow me. Yeah. Hey. He sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You could blow for his name too, you know, because he's God. Amen. He sent him into the world to die for our sins, and yet we were sinners. We didn't know. It says in Romans 5.8, God really showed his love Yes, hooray for God. He showed commands his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, hooray for, for the Lord Jesus. Okay, now, that's chapter eight. Chapter nine opens with the 13th day of Adar, Adar, when the enemies of the Jews had hoped to have power over the Jews to have killed them, and instead, the Jews gathered themselves together against their enemies, and who joined them? The rulers, the lieutenants, the deputies, the officers of the government all joined the Jewish people to fight against the enemies of the Jews, and the Jews fought, and they killed 75,000 of their enemies. But the Jews refused to lay their hand on any of the spoil, even though they could have by law. They refused to touch any of the spoil. And in the palace alone, they killed the Jews killed 500 of their enemies, including the 10 sons of Haman. Boo. Boo. And the king said to Esther, you know, the Jews have just killed 500 men in the palace. And he asked Esther, do you have any other requests? I don't know if he asked it this way or he said like, is there anything more you want? You know. And Esther said, well, since you asked, since you asked, we'd like one more day, please. Let's call it a mop-up campaign. And that's the 14th day of Adar. Is a, is a mop-up in the palace, only in the palace, is to kill any of the remaining that they didn't get the first time, you know, the ones that were hiding, and when they came out, said, we want to get them. So, and also, we'd like to, to hang the, the ten sons of Haman. Boo! On the gallows. 
I mean, you know, that's Esther. So anyway, we're, we're not going to say anything more about that. And so the Jews in the palace, they kill an additional 300 men, and they hang the 10 sons of Haman. And then the Jews throughout the kingdom, they didn't get an extra day. So the Jews used the, the 14th of Adar, which is today, as the day to celebrate, as it says in Esther 9.19, Esther 9.19. Therefore the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled cities, towns, made the 14th day of the month of Adar a day of gladness and feasting. They probably had matzo ball soup. And a good day and of sending portions one to another. That's why Purim used to be celebrated both on the 13th and the 14th day of Adar, but today it's celebrated on the, only the 14th day of Adar. But the purpose of Purim, it's got a purpose, and it's not just to do these noise things, but the purpose is given to us in Esther 9.28. It says, but that these days should be remembered. That's why we told the story, to remember it. When we have communion here, we tell again how the Lord was crucified, to remember, it's the same idea, that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, dads, you can take this home. You can get more. You can buy them from him. And you can tell this story like I have with your children and have them do this. That every family, it says every family, every province, every city, that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. And that's how chapter 9 ends with this great celebration. Chapter 10 finishes the book of Esther with the last verse in the book telling how great Mordecai was when it says in Esther 10.3, it's only got three verses for chapter 10. For Mordecai the, the Jew was next unto the king Ahasuerus and great among the Jews and accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seed. What a mission statement for Israel restoration seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seed. Peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the word shalom means peace, don't you? Shalom. Did you know that shalom comes from shalem? And shalem means complete. It means complete. There is no peace without being complete. Colossians tells us, ye are complete in him, who is the head of all principalities and powers. This is not just a history of the Jewish people and their survival. This is a history that shows us how Esther is like the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about a whistleblower who put herself at great risk. What, did I say something? Oh, yeah, I said the Lord's name. <laughs> and like Haman, the devil has plotted our destruction. Like Esther, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, he saw our coming destruction, as it says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> all have sinned. If I, if I look out on you, some of you I can say, well, there's no doubt about it. But others I'm not so sure about, but God says, take me for it. Take my word for it. All have sinned, come short of the glory of God. And then God says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, hooray for God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hooray for the Lord Jesus. And like Esther, 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Hooray! He stepped into danger to save us from our sins, and the danger that he stepped into resulted in his death on the cross. That's why it says in 1 Timothy 1.15, 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, everybody should accept this, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, hooray for him. And Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes. We are healed. Oh, we like sheep, we went astray. We turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him We'll have an extension, God, the Lord, that's fine. The iniquity of us all. And just as the Jews were not automatically saved, they had to stand and fight. They had to stand and fight for their lives to be saved. Now, each one of us must stand and fight by confessing our sins to God and our, amen, and our sinfulness, because it says in Proverbs 28, 13, Proverbs 28, 13, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Now each one of us has got to stand and call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hooray! Who was God, hooray for God, who became a man and asked him to save us from our sins. Like it says in Acts 2.21, Acts 2.21 says, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hooray for the Lord. Now each of one of us has got to take our stand and we've got to take the Lord Jesus Christ, hooray for him, as our personal Savior, as it says in, in John 1.12, as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Hooray for God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Why do I say that? The 13th of Adar is coming for each one of us. And we don't know when it's going to come, but it's going to come. Because it says in Hebrews 9.27, Hebrews 9.27, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment, that's like the 13th of Adar. And there's only one safety. There's only one safety from the judgment, and that's to believe into the Lord Jesus Christ. Hooray for the Lord. So today, what we've seen as we've gone through the history here of Esther of Purim is we've seen how God, hooray for God, provided all the details for the salvation of the Jewish people. Everything was provided, and that's what he's done for you and me. And if there's anybody in this room here now that hasn't believed into the Lord Jesus Christ, hooray for him. Now's the day. Now's the time. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you did, Lord, to save the Jewish people. Lord, they didn't deserve it, but you are so gracious, so good. Thank you, Lord, for doing the same for us. 
And we rejoice and we thank you for this time that we've been able to remember again and celebrate how great thou art. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.